10. Romans chapter 10. How good is your memory? Well, I'm almost 48, and things are starting to slip, right? So some of you maybe hopefully have a better mind than the preacher does. But what we've been working on for the last month is trying to memorize the scriptures that are called the Romans Road. And what they are is a simple way to let people know how to come to Christ, how to be reconciled to God. So we're going to walk through these a little bit today. But we're going to focus on the last one. Uh, today is the last day of this series, and then next week we're going to start another series. I'll tell you about that at the end of the message today. But we're kind of finishing up what this thing is called the Romans Road. So if you have your Bibles or if you want to follow along on the screen, be in Romans chapter 10 and just one verse today. And that verse is a big verse. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, and this is what the scripture says. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You guys, when I was a little boy, I was about six years old, and it was after supper, and I just didn't feel right in my spirit. Something was right. It's, it's funny that a six-year-old boy could think that way, right? <laughs> And I knew something wasn't right, but what was even more impressive was my dad knew something wasn't right. And so my dad reached out to me, and he said, let's start talking. And my dad started to share these scriptures that I'm sharing with you today, that day. So to go way back in time, it was August of 1977. Can any of you go back there? Some of you might can, right? And on that day, my dad took me through these passages and he shared with me that Jesus died for me and that he loved me. And from that day forward, my life has never been the same. My life's been completely different. So the first one he shared with me, and we're going to walk through these today, is Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Again, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there or follow along the screen. Either way is fine. Romans chapter 3, 23, this is where we started. And what we found out from the get-go is if you guys have heard the word gospel before, the word gospel means good news. But you guys, if you know there's good news, that usually means there was probably some bad news that preceded it, right? And Romans 3.23 is a reminder a little bit of the difficult news, the hard news. And that truth is this, that all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible says there is no difference. So it doesn't matter. Everybody, even the best of us, we fall short. The next little step on our road is Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And here the Bible says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Anybody out there earning a paycheck? What do you deserve, right? In America, we're pretty big on what we deserve a lot of times. Um, probably your parents thought you deserved some things that they didn't give you once in a while, right? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. What do you deserve? Notice in this verse, you have the difference between what you deserve, but you have also this gift. The wages, what we earn for our sin, is death. Ever since Adam and Eve, since the curse of the garden, we've been seeing death roll along, right? Even today, 
on a beautiful day that it is, we're still hearing stories of death. But here's the good news, right? There's a gift that if you receive, will change your life. My dad, when I was that little boy, he had this red Schofield Bible and he took a pen out of it and he handed me that pen and he said, Travis, if you want to receive this gift, what do you have to do? I don't know. Just take it, I guess, right? And do you earn a gift? No. You earn wages. But the gift is Jesus gives life to those who would repent of their sins and trust him. That's the second step. Just to show you how much that God loves you, we have the third step, and that's Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. This is one of my favorite uh, verses in all the Bible. And the scripture says, but God, he commendeth or he demonstrates his love to us while we were yet or still what? Sinners. It's easy to love people who are nice to you, right? Like, it's easy to love someone if they bring cinnamon rolls to your desk at work, amen? Or a nice cup of coffee, ooh, that makes life good, right? <laughs> what happens when somebody mistreats you on the job or in your neighborhood or in your family? Is that when you really want to bestow love on them? You want to bestow something on them, right? But it's not love, is it, right? Here's the truth about what God did for us. God gave us his son and that while we were sinners, the Lord died for us. And so then last week we went to Romans in chapter 10. We looked at two verses there, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. And here, look at this scripture with me this morning. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart, you believe and are justified and with your mouth, you confess or profess your faith and you are saved. I think sometimes people try to make the gospel really tricky and there's all these different things you have to do and rules you have to follow. And what we have here is a very clear and simple message. Declare and believe. The declare part is a pretty big deal. What did it say? If you confess or declare with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, right? And that means he's the one in control, in a Roman context, in the day this was written, we talked about this last week, they called Caesar Lord. They called their, their president Lord. They called their king the Lord. He was to be worshiped. And so for a Christian to say, no, no, I'm not going to call Caesar Lord. I'm going to call Jesus Lord was a huge statement of faith. And here Paul says, if you want to find reconciliation, if you want to find forgiveness, then you've got to declare Jesus to be in control. He is Lord, right? And then the second thing, very simply, he says, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. What do you believe in today? There's a lot of things we have faith in, right? Today, most of you probably had faith that your car would get you here, right? And you had faith that hopefully the church would be somewhat warm today. You had faith that you'd have some friends and some people here. You were some things you believed, and so you acted on those beliefs. It's not just a head knowledge, but it's something that causes you, you act on it. And we see here, that a person that comes to Christ believes that God raised Jesus from the dead, which is exactly what today is all about. They declare and they believe. And so today I want to give you the, the really good news as we sum it all up here and we kind of work our way through this verse today, and that is Romans 10, 13. For everyone, or whosoever, King James says, who calls on the name of the Lord, what? Shall be, will be saved. Think about that. There's a promise here, and it's to every person in this room today. 
doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your status, doesn't matter if you're an influencer or you never open social media at all. <laughs> you can know the Lord today. Suppose, for instance, with me just this morning, let's talk a little bit about grace and about this gift. Suppose that somebody befriended you in your town and offered to buy you a big, beautiful house. Anybody like to have a big, beautiful house? Would be nice, wouldn't it, right? And suppose that your friend told you that you could choose the house that you wanted, whatever house you wanted, and then when he was handing you the title deed, you reached in your pocket and you pulled out two pennies. And when you pulled those pennies out of your pocket, they fell in the mud. And you reached down in the mud and you picked them up and you put them in your friend's hand and you told him that his house is too big of a gift that you've got to help him pay for it. And you gave him those two muddy pennies. <laughs> How do you think he would respond to that? Why are you insulting me, right? I've given you this great gift and you're going to give me two muddy pennies? Can you hear the gospel today? The wages of sin of death is death, but the gift of God is life. You guys, somebody today, God is trying to give you the greatest gift of all gifts. And you're reaching in your pocket and you've got two little pennies that fall out and they're dirty. And you're like, well, Lord, let me see if I can earn my way for your grace. And you can't earn it. What Jesus did on Good Friday is he paid the penalty. If you guys get a chance sometime, look up, it is finished. There's a Greek word for it is finished called tetelestai. And if you look it up in Google, you know what comes up nowadays? It says game over. What? <laughs> game over. And Jesus defeated sin. He defeated the death and the grave on that Good Friday. And then he proved it by rising again on this Sunday. And what we need to do today is receive the gift, not try to earn it, not try to to say that we deserve it in any way. All right, this morning, who can be reconciled? Look down, if you would, in verse 11, Romans chapter 10, verse 11. Who can be reconciled? As the scripture says, anybody, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For what we've read over and over and again today, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you ever put your trust in somebody and they let you down? We all have, haven't we, right? I've even done that for my, against, I should say against my own wife, where she's put her trust in me sometimes and I haven't followed through, right? Even my kids occasionally, <laughs> hopefully not too much, but I have let them down. But here's the truth of this verse, if you'll hear it today. Anybody who believes in him will never be put to shame. Can you hear the scripture today? I like to use this term, my last name is Penn, and I call it penology. <laughs> so if you hear me talk about penology, then you can kind of be, well, I might better check that out. I'm not sure about that guy's opinion. But look at what the scripture here says today. That anyone who puts their trust in the Lord will never, never be put to shame, Right? God will not let you down you, if you cling to him. Again, this is a truth for all people. Back in Romans chapter 3, the first verse we started with today, we said that all have sinned, and it says there that there is no difference. Well, what you see here is the same truth in verse 12. There is no difference this time between Jew and Gentile. Do we have any Jews here today? 
preacher, you shouldn't call out people like that, right? Do we have any Southerners here today? Do we have anyone with a, a doctorate degree? Do we have anybody from south side of Indianapolis? Oh boy, there's a lot of those, right? There's a lot of differences here today, isn't there, right? Think about that for a second. If you just, even in this beautiful room of people, there's a lot of differences. But one thing that there is no difference in verse 12, the scripture says, the same Lord is Lord of all. And look what it says there. He does what? He richly blesses those who call on him. So it doesn't matter if you're still trying to live week to week and hopefully you got enough money to pay the next bill and you're in debt over your eyeballs. Can God bless you? Will he reach out to you if you reach out to him? You better believe it. It doesn't matter your neighborhood that you grew up in. You guys, I have lived in uh, Decatur, Illinois, which was like a union town. And I have lived in the big cities of Nashville and Memphis. And I have lived in the little small town of Salem, Illinois. And I have lived in the suburbs of Noblesville. <laughs> but no matter who is there, this truth is for all those people that God will bless everyone who calls on him. Hear the Lord today. He's trying to say, look, you're included in this thing. You are welcome in this truth that I will bless those who call on me. There is no difference. Real briefly from our Good Friday service, I want to read you this scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That scripture says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, look at this phrase right here, be reconciled to God. That's what the people of this church want to share with our community and with the whole rest of the world, that through Jesus, we are inviting everyone to be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Who can be reconciled today? Everyone, right? That's the truth of this message. Everybody who calls can be reconciled to God. It doesn't matter where you live. God is desiring that all people be reconciled. You don't have to be rich or famous or have great power. You don't need some sort of special connection. Have you ever tried to get a job? Right? How do you get in the door? Isn't that usually the hardest question? It's like, oh, I got to get my resume on the right desk to the right person. And sometimes you find people, they'll even network with people. They'll even surprise people, maybe at a restaurant or some other place so that they can make a special connection. Here's the truth today. You don't need a special connection. You already have one. The Lord who made you loves you and he's inviting you to be reconciled to him. And here, what I want you to hear this morning, I don't know who this is for today, but please listen. I think the Lord is gonna speak to your heart today. It doesn't even matter what you've done. You have to raise your hands, but have you ever messed up? in a big way, ever let somebody down in a big way, ever felt just horrible on your own life because of the, mis the mistake or the mess that you made, right? Listen to the gospel of the Lord today. It doesn't even matter what you've done. An old, old preacher by the name of Charles Spurgeon, he wrote this, and this is so good. Just hear it out this morning. He says, the bridge of grace will bear your weight, brother, Thousands of big sinners have gone across that bridge. Yes, tens of thousands have gone over it. I can hear their tramplings now as they traverse the great arches of the bridge of salvation. They come by the thousands, by their myriads, since that day when Christ first entered his glory. 
They come and yet never a stone has sprung in that mighty bridge. Some have been the chief of sinners and some have come at the very last hour of their days, but the arch has never yielded beneath their weight. I will go with them, trusting to the same support. It will bear me over as it has for them. You might be saying today, preacher, I know this is Easter Sunday and I'm here to be with my family, but you don't, you don't know what I've done. <laughs> and what Charles Spurgeon is saying, well, there's a lot of people already crossed this bridge of grace who have done way worse things than you can imagine. And God has redeemed them and reconciled them and given them hope and purpose. If you will seek him, he will transform your life. It doesn't matter what you've done. I hope you hear that today. Who can be reconciled? Who can believe? Who can be changed and be saved? Everyone who calls. So what does it mean? What does it mean to call on the name of the Lord? Again, from last week, real briefly, verse 9 of chapter 10. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is giving the Lord control over your life. It's letting him call the shots. It's in your heart saying, I believe, God, that you raised Jesus from the dead. It is trusting that God is who he says he is. Do you believe that God is who he says he is today? Right? Uh, C.S. Lewis says it this way. This is a good thing for you to think about today. When Jesus came to this planet, he made claims about himself, right? He claimed that he and the Father were one. He claimed that he was the Son of Man, He claimed he had the power to forgive sins. Now, what you have to measure today is, are these claims true, right? One thing Jesus could be is he could be a liar. Have there ever been religious people come through who put on a big show and lied about who they were to trick people in order that they could get benefit from it? You better believe it, right? But some CSOs, some people say he could be a liar. Well, he could be a crazy person or a lunatic, right? There are some people that think today, even in our culture today, there are people that think they're the Messiah, don't they, right? The the thing is, though, we would call them crazy, but I'm going to tell you those people today that say that, they've never raised anybody from the dead, and they haven't walked on water, and they haven't turned water into wine. (laughs) They haven't healed blinded eyes, and they themselves weren't raised three days after being crucified, right? So here's the challenge today. He can be a liar, he can be a lunatic, or he can be a lord in your life. If Jesus is who he said he is, then we have things to consider, don't we? And that's why we share the gospel with everyone we meet even today. So in Hebrews eleven six, 6, the word of God says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So I want to ask you this morning, when did you call on the name of the Lord? You heard me, I was a little boy, and it did. It changed my life ever since then. This last winter, we had different people from our church. They came up, and uh, we had the little boys. Michael's little boys came up and shared. Michael shared, and Brother uh, John McClain came up, and he shared. Different people came up and shared their story about when they called on the name of the Lord, and their life was different ever since that day. I'm going to ask you that today. Do you have a day where you can look back and you say, yep, this is that day? This is the day that I cried out, that I called out for God to help me, for God to heal me. That is the day to call in this passage. If you hear me out this morning, please. It's not some sort of magic word, some special prayer. 
It very simply is to say, Jesus is Lord in my life, and I believe that God will honor his word. If you haven't already heard this this morning, it is not about anything you do. It's about what Jesus did that Good Friday. Game over, right? You can't be good enough. You can't do enough good deeds. You can't be kind to enough people. You can't give enough money. You can't say enough prayers. You can't read your Bible enough to be reconciled to God. Jesus did that when he died on a cross and he paid for our sins. And by believing in what he did for you, then God can come in and change your heart. This is from D.L. Moody. I wanna read you this and it's on the screen as well. Think about this with me this morning. And Rick already kind of said it so well as he thought about identifying with those thieves. D.L. Moody says this, the thief had nails through both hands so that he could not work. (laughs) And a nail through each foot so that he could not run errands for the Lord. He could not lift a hand or a foot toward his salvation. And yet Christ offered him the gift of God and he took it. Christ threw him a passport and took him into paradise. If you don't hear anything else today, hear this, that the Lord is the one who does the saving, okay? If you try to go before God and you say, God, well, I've read my Bible this much. He's gonna say, put that dirty penny down. Well, God, I've tried to be real real nice to my neighbor or my coworker. I've tried to help them out a lot. He's going to say, put that dirty penny down. God, I helped my mom when she was really sick. Put that penny down. God, I pray every night. (laughs) Put that penny down. Who did the work? Jesus did the work. And when we forsake our sin and say, Jesus, we declare you to be Lord. We give our life to you. He comes into our heart and all of a sudden everything starts changing for for the better, for the good, right? Again today, please hear me out. The Lord is the one who saves. So finally this morning, what does it mean to be saved? You've probably heard this term before, maybe. Um, It's really common in Baptist churches and Baptist circles to talk about being saved. And we as Baptists oftentimes use this term saved, and I don't know if everybody understands what we're talking about when we say it. You may have heard other, other people talk about being born again. This is the same idea, being saved and being born again. Even our pastors today says that, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But what does it mean? What is this salvation? It's the beginning of that Romans road. Sin is preventing us from having a relationship with God. It is bringing judgment of God on our lives. If you would look with me in Romans chapter three, just briefly. Romans chapter three, verse 19. Look what this says. Again, you guys try to soak in those scriptures this morning. The word of God says, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Let the Lord speak to your heart today. If the Bible is true, I've lived with the word of God for 46 years now and it's never let me down, okay? If the Bible is true, this is what the scripture says. We are sinners, And without salvation, we will face judgment of God. But the good news is what we're talking about today. And that's why the gospel is so great to us. So you hear somebody say, well, saved? What are you talking about being saved? What are you saved from? You're saved from facing the destruction that God has for those who are sinners. If nothing changes, we will face the consequences of sin. But if we receive the gift of God, if we declare and believe that God has made a way for us to escape judgment, to find forgiveness and reconciliation, and most of all, hope now and the hope of abundant life forever. And that's what it means to be saved. That's what it means to be saved. 
In the book of Acts, I'm going to read you this briefly. In chapter 2, verse 17, Peter is going to use this same phrase that we've already talked about here, this idea that everyone who calls. Peter's quoting a, a prophet from the Old Testament, and this is what he says. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they too will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, and blood and fire and billows of smoke. And the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and the glorious day of the Lord. Look at verse 21. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All right, so you guys know Good Friday, right? Did everybody know the, good, the story of the cross? It's kind of strange that we call the day when the Lord was crucified a good day, right? On that day, if you guys study the scriptures, this is what you're going to find. You can check the preacher on this one, okay? The scripture says that on that day that the whole world went dark from about noon to three o'clock. Did you see verse 20? The sun will be turned to darkness before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. <laughs> Those verses before it said that your young men will prophesy and have visions. If you guys follow and look in Acts chapter 2, do you know what happened then? The disciples and many other disciples gathered in the upper room and God's spirit came upon them and they began to speak of truths that people hadn't heard in a long time and the things that were coming to pass. And then... What Joel said in verse 21, what Peter said in Acts chapter 2 about 50, 60 days after Jesus rose to heaven, everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I believe when he says that glorious day of the Lord, he was talking about the cross. That's the day that Jesus died. That was the coming of the Lord. He's going to come again. I believe that too. But he came the first time. And then Peter makes this invitation. Now, as Peter is speaking, there's thousands of people gathered around and he is preaching this message and these people hear what he has to say, and then they all of a sudden, they start to have this real strong conviction in their heart. In verse 36 of Acts chapter 2, it says this. Peter preaching says, Let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. How do you think that would go over? It's your fault. How do you handle when people tell you it's your fault? I come from a long people of people who are right. A long line of people who know they're right. Anybody else like that? I'm wrong? What? No, let me show you why I'm right. <laughs> Peter is preaching here and he says, here's what I want you to hear. You crucified God's son. You crucified Messiah. And instead of those people coming at Peter and being all angry and upset, this is what they said. The Bible says, verse 37, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And so they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? How can we be saved? Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And on that day, 3,000 people repented of their sins and they trusted in Christ. And their life was forever changed. For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, what? Shall be saved. There's no ifs, there's no maybes, there's no uh, conditional clauses. There isn't an asterisk. Look in your Bible. <laughs> verse 13, there's no asterisk on that verse, right? If you'll declare Jesus as Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, the scripture says you can be saved. And that's why the message of the gospel is so simple today. 
If you want to find peace and forgiveness, if you want to get rid of guilt and the shame of sin, if you want to have hope now and the hope of living with God in heaven in the future, this is what we're talking about today. Repent and forsake your sins. Declare Jesus as Lord. Surrender your life to him. Believe that God raised him from the dead, which is what we're celebrating today. And here's what I want you to hear this morning. Please hear me out. I don't know who the Lord is speaking to this morning. Hear the Lord on this. If you will repent and surrender and believe, then God will transform your life. If we need time today, I could take you to different people who are sitting right here today. (laughs) When they repented, they surrendered, they believed, their life has never been the same. And today, if you're looking for that transformation, you can find it by confessing your sins and giving your heart to Christ. Let today be your salvation story. Amen? All right. I want to run back through these verses and I want them in your heart and your mind. And today, as you go out, if you want to take a card, feel free to take a card with you. But let's start in Romans chapter 3. Romans 3, verse 23. The scripture says this, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? Today, if you want to find Christ, you've got to start there. I am a sinner. Romans 6, 23 says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We earn, we deserve death, but God gave us a gift and his name is Jesus. How much does Jesus love us? Romans chapter five, verse eight. But God demonstrates his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us, right? Romans 5, 8. Romans 10, 9 this truth from last week. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You will be saved. There is no uh, condition there. And then finally today, the truth that we see for everyone today is this. Everybody, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Today, if you know the Lord, if you've already given your heart to him and he's transformed you, What I want you to do is, if you don't already, grab one of those little bookmarks and start knowing those scriptures. And the next time someone comes up to you and they say, I want to get right with the Lord. I really do. I feel the Lord speaking in my heart. I want to get right. You don't have to say, wait a second, let me go find the preacher's phone number. I'm going to call him. (laughs) But you can say, hey, here's what God did for me. And here's what God can do for you. All right. Let's stand this morning. I'm going to go play at the piano quietly just for a moment. Here's what I want you to do today with, with, if, you'll, if you'll think about these things. Um, today, what I want you to think about is, do I have a salvation story? I, I don't know when your day is, right? And you don't know when mine is either, right? Hopefully you guys live many, many more good days, but I don't know when it is. But I want to be ready to meet the Lord when he calls me, when he comes. And today, I want to ask you that question. When is the day you called on the Lord? And if you don't have that today, today can be that day. And if you want to come and pray, and you can come pray by yourself, or you can grab a friend and come and pray, or if you want one of us to come and pray, we'll be glad to come and meet you down here and pray with you today. That is where we want to be focused this morning. Then also today, for those of you that already know the Lord, and you already have that day, you can say, Preacher, I know the day that I confessed my sins and the Lord came into my life. But I bet you have some people you love and that you care about, and you're not sure that they have that day. And if they were to meet the Lord today, you're not really sure if they're ready to meet him. And that 
brings anxiety to your heart, makes you nervous and afraid. Today, I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray for you that you'll be able to encourage them today, all right? Let's bow our heads this morning just briefly, and we'll just for a couple minutes here, I'm going to play at the piano, and let's take a little time to pray. And again, you're welcome to come down to our altar and pray or pray there in your pew, and especially pray for those who need to know the Lord.